No, go ahead, talk. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. No. Do it. No. Do it. <laughs> Say, you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> you're listening to the Word Bros Podcast. The WordBros.com. Welcome to another edition of Word Bros. I'm Kevin. Hey, I'm Bob. How's it going? So we're here to talk to the amazing, uh, influential, and eloquent Philip Kennedy Johnson, also known as PKJ. PKJ. He's got a cool story, man. Like, I had no idea he was doing all this stuff. So this was kind of like a fun exploration uh, pod for me as well. Like, what an interesting guy. What an interesting story. And and Philip is a great guy, and um, he has been doing all kinds of things for a few years now and he's just like starting to blow it up and like like he like bob says at the beginning of the interview like he's got a rocket ship attached to his back so because so, you met philip a couple of years ago at, I did. A, at baltimore uh, at baltimore comic-con mm-hmm. and i was talking to you about him then and i told you i mean the guy's a really great guy like um so it's amazing to see him come from where we were two years ago to now and and it shows you it shows you in comics what hard work can do for you yeah, and I think true. that that is a really good um, way to segue to what Philip has to say. So let's listen to Philip Kennedy Johnson. Yes, let's not talk too much about Kevin Phil. We don't want to get now. Can we call? Let's not. Is it Phil, Philip, Philip Kennedy, PKJ? Like, what do you go by? I typically go by Philip. Um, okay. People do call me PKJ. In the, in really? The That's yeah. so awesome. That's really cool. Thanks. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's PKJ. It's PKJ here. That's, that sounds like. Real. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't introduce myself that way. That seems somewhat douchey, but. Um, but you should though, because you're getting to that point in comics now, Philip, where you are like hot shit like you are the dude like you're writing captain america for god's sakes and if i'm gonna read captain america i'm gonna read it by pkj PKJ. that's right right. so yeah man so it's an honor to have you on the show congratulations for all your success dude like you are you got like a rocket ship tied to you you're working hard and you're everywhere man it's really awesome i appreciate that i have there's a there's an announcement coming that i should have been out weeks ago. I was really hoping to be done before we got on here, but you're still just dragging ass. Well, I mean, but, that's comics though, isn't it? Like everybody's holding on to something. Yeah. Well, this particular one is a licensed thing and there's a, there's like all permissions and they're trying to like, there's like a studio that's got to approve it and all that. And they're just dragging their feet like a son of a bitch. Okay. So, so can Kevin and I play a can fun we guess? game yeah, can we guess? guess the license? <laughs> and like, it's not, you can say, you know, like nose rubs or whatever, and it'll just be strictly visual, no audio, if we just guess. Or we can write down things and hold up signs, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> um, he let's, can't. It's let's ending. save it till I, after the thing. I'm just Honestly, no, I could, they've, got a, they've got a gun up my nose. I can't say. <laughs> I'm just being silly. I'm just being silly. We knew you myself. couldn't say. Yeah. 
It's just it's fun to play. Is with. it GI Joe? No I'm kidding. <laughs> Does it rhyme with BI blow? <laughs> no, it's cool though. You'll dig it. That's awesome. And it's fun to play with the the tropes within side of the comics industry. Like, what are you working on? Like if you're at a show and we haven't been at shows in forever, so nobody really has this conversation anymore. So what are you working on? Can't say. Can't say. Right. Secret. Like oh usually I'm Usually I'm pretty like I'm pretty cool about just just spilling it, but in this particular <laughs> in this particular case I can't. That's cool, man. That's cool. That's fine. Um, but yeah, so when you guys when you guys post these, remind me. Do you is this video thing or an audio? I forget. Just just audio. It's usually audio. Okay. Yeah. It's usually just audio. Yeah. Sometimes we we get a wild hair and we'll do a video here and there on YouTube. But yeah, but we, we would have let you know first. So. Yeah. Okay. Either way. So so tell us, man. How's it going? How's how are things? It's going great, dude. Are we just? Are we? Is this we are recording. Yeah, we, we are, are recording, recording right now. We just we just start off recording that way, like whatever, like okay. we catch, we can use, and whatever we don't need, we can edit out. So okay, sounds good. Yeah, because some guys get nervous, like you. Okay, ready, three, two, one, and they get <gasps> and like they clamp. So I just like to get it kind of rolling in a natural kind of conversation and right. flow. Okay, cool. Well, so. hopefully, profanity is okay then. Yeah, yeah, yes, fine. totally fine. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you can say fuck, 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 fuckity, fuck, fuck, and and it's gonna be just on there. It's gonna be good. Maybe I will do it. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, dude, things are good. I mean, well, I mean, things are not good per se, like in the, in the, in the big <laughs> scheme of things. Well, it's hard yeah. to have a good scheme of things, but yeah. personally, how are things going for you personally? Really? Well, welcome to 2020, first of all. Yeah, dude. Thanks. <laughs> um. If, I can't complain, dude. Like it's, I mean, I'm overwhelmed like all the time, <laughs> but it's all, it's pretty much all good stuff. Um, you know, every, I'm going through all the same crap as everyone else. And I, um, it's been um, like, we're, you know, I've been like homeschooling my son, which is hard and yeah, um, all, you know, all the same stuff as everyone else. I'm personally not sick well, I'm right now. I'm like under the weather, but I'm like, I don't have, have like a deadly virus that's killing me or the people I love. So that's nice. And um there's um you know i have tons of work and i know a lot of people are having a really hard go there so i can't complain about anything man. yeah dude like you're doing everything it seems like for both companies like you're all over the place which has got to be i mean that's got to be a really good feeling right thank you man yeah it's been do you even know yet there's there's two big things <laughs> when it when it drops we should do another show because okay we really totally exciting. should uh, because like I was really impressed with the fact of your range when it comes to your writing like you can do superheroes you can do fantasy with last god uh the first thing I read from you was the thing you gave to me at Baltimore comic-con which was the Kong Skull Island like and and Bob and I are big fans of the Kong movie so we were like when I first told him I was like hey I met this dude who's writing the Kong Skull Island thing how cool would it be to do that and he was like dude that would be awesome like just to do a Kong comic book would be great so like yeah I was your really range is is so vast my friend thank you man i appreciate that i mean you get the you get the opportunity and you just you read stuff that's kind of in that vein and honestly that's the coolest part of it like to get the opportunity to do licensed comics i mean there's a lot of people out there that just want to do creator own but just like they have no interest in doing like playing with someone else's toys and i totally get that i really do i honestly i kind of expected my own thing to go that way but um when i got offered the chance to do aquaman i mean obviously i'm going to take it because I mean, even if, you, <laughs> even if you don't love, even if you don't love Aquaman, just the exposure that I mean, the sales would be so much great just from the name and having to be a big two book. You're going to print way more than you're going to print with whatever your your own thing is. 
and help hopefully get more eyes on your own stuff. And it just makes sense to do it. And even that aside, I actually was surprised by how much I dug it, man. Cause I, I didn't know shit about Aquaman. <laughs> how did you go about that then? Not knowing shit about Aquaman. Like, well, how I didn't did you say go about that. <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I mean, that's what I mean. How did you go about it? Were you like, were you like, um, can I have some Aquaman material? I love the idea of you going into a pitch with Aquaman going, I don't know fuck all about Aquaman. And they're like, you're the guy. <laughs> you gotta have you. you know, uh, so the way that went down is um, I did Last Sons of America with uh, Matthew Dow Smith. And he, like, he is kind of on the radar of Brian Cunningham, who at the time was the Justice League editor. Okay, okay. Through that book, he, he read my work and he was like, hey, would you want to pitch something for DC? I'm like, dude, yeah. And so <laughs> I was on tour um, in um in LA at the time and well I mean around that time so I met up with him for lunch and we talked um he talked about the books that he was editing and they um he needed some inventories for various they'd just done some uh some uh shake-up with who's editing what books he was a Justice League guy and he was like here are the books that I'm doing and he was mentioning like Flash I don't think he was doing Green Lantern he's doing Flash um Maybe Green Lantern, Aquaman, uh, Constantine at the time. This is after yeah. like Hellblazer had ended and Constantine was at the time a new 52 thing. Or, well, I mean, like in that, you know, time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a mainline book again. Um, and I was like, dude, Hellblazer all day. Like, I, I have read every word ever printed of Hellblazer ever. Really? Okay. Yeah. Every, and then he every, told every... you line forms to the left for the Hellblazer. Like, that's yeah. where. Well, so, <laughs> he didn't say that, but he, he needed inventories for like, for for those who don't know or listening, um, inventories for, I don't know if Marvel does them. Like, I've never got a call to do inventory at Marvel, but DC definitely does them. Where, uh, when you know, if you're if you're putting out like Superman, Batman, whatever, there's got to be a book on the shelf every month, no matter what. Yes. So mm -hmm. If um, if a uh, creative team needs more time on something, somebody falls behind, or they're just trying to fill in one issue between arcs, and you know, you're constantly juggling the editors, constantly juggling schedules from everyone to get them together. Um, sometimes you just need like one month filled in, you know, so they, uh -huh. they bust out an inventory, um, which is just uh, these comics, they just have like in the, in the can, just ready to print when they need it. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, it is. And some of them are that they are sitting on are rad as hell. Like, they've really? got, I mean, they've got, I've seen, <laughs> I'm probably getting somebody in trouble right now, but um, um, Colin Kelly and Jackson, um, like these two guys who work together all the time that I know from LA, Jackson and Colin did an issue. Uh, they, they did, um, oh fuck. They, I met them through, um, through boom. They did, um, this really cool, like punk rock Star Trek thing called not runaway, but, um, joyride. Okay. Okay. And a bunch of other stuff. They've done a, a, a ton of stuff together. They did a Gotham city garage, I think. Um, Bunch of cool stuff. They've got a lot of inroads at Boom, but also like in DC and other places. And um, I was at, I was like tabling at Boom with those guys were there, and they were like, "Check out these pages I just got in." They had just done an inventory for Batman with fucking Kelly Jones doing the art. Wow! Wow! Um, and it looked unbelievable. It was so rad. And that's just, to my knowledge, that has not been printed. They're just like, really? Oh, yeah, they just like they're just sitting on it until they need it. You know, that's how that's... inventory works. 
That's crazy. I'm yeah. like, so, so if you're doing a book of that nature, I, so have you done a book on inventory? Like, where yeah. do you fit in? Like, do you just kind of write like generic Aquaman story? And they, so they can just kind of plop it in wherever? Like, how do you know what um, kind of tie yeah, in not, here and there? Or does the editor kind of help that process? Gen- yeah, it's, it's generic in the sense of um, doesn't rely on the continuity at any given moment. Like, it, okay. um, it doesn't really fit into current events in the book that much it's, it needs to be it needs to have a kind of a um non-committal time element so they can just drop it whenever the hell they want to okay okay um for so they were asking me for like one to two issue things they use it they use that for kind of like tryouts a lot basically yeah it makes sense so they'll they'll grab you they'll notice you on something to be like hey you, hey bro do you want to do a thing and like and either they'll put you on either an inventory or a short story in an anthology or something um, just kind of try it out, see how your work is, see how you are to work with. Um, and that's, that's, kind of, that's kind of your foot in the door, you know. And that's through that, hopefully, you get noticed by other editors, and that's kind of the way you, you get in. And one cool thing about DC, too, is that um, editors get shuffled around a lot within that house, and Marvel as well. So there's, there's a good bit of, like, cross-pollinization between editorial houses. So, like, you've got the super crew and the bat crew and the Justice League crew and the, you know, whatever. And there's a lot of like right now I'm working with like the super team and they at any given moment, one of them could go and work on Batman stuff or the Justice League group or whatever. Um, and that's kind of how you get introduced from group to group. And that's that's how you, you know, meet other people within that place. It's, it's, it sounds um, like uh like tinder or something for superheroes like yeah i'm in the i'm in with the bat group and then i'm gonna cruise on over to the- <laughs> yeah, right. yeah it's cool yeah it's um and everyone there has been so cool man i really like the people there so anyway I, i'm getting ahead of myself they so they Whatever, asked me dude. two issues of aquaman that ended up becoming the um the aquaman annual about a year later which okay was not printed because it was like they needed a double size thing for that and it was a two issue Aquaman story, and that's why that got run. That's awesome. Yeah, and I and then later on, I did an inventory of Batgirl that, and that was with uh, Amon K, the guy who's doing Justice League Dark with Rom V right now. Okay, okay. Oh, we, we just had Rom on the show. Good dude. Yes. What a guy. Yeah, Rom's super, a good dude. Yeah, super talented yeah, cat. Yeah, totally. And um, and Amon K is great too. He, I was doing the uh, the writing workshop when he was doing the the uh, artist workshop at DC. Okay. And they teamed us up on a on a Batman short for that showcase, and then they they were like, "You guys should do an inventory. We need a Batgirl thing." So we knocked one of those out. That's awesome. So yeah, yeah you awesome. you got your start at DC through the workshop, correct? Um, well, the Aquaman thing happened first. Okay. Um, so okay. So the Aquaman thing happened first, and then you got into the workshop. Right. I, yeah. I, so I did the thing with, um, with Brian Cunningham and, and actually with uh, Amadeo, who is now editing Last God. He was, okay. the, he was the assistant editor on Aquaman. He was the one I was interacting with more, really. Um, <clears throat> and um, let's see. So yeah, I did Aquaman. And then the following year, Brian reached out and was like, hey, dude, you should do the writer's workshop. And I was like, I can't, man. I got to like I got a day job. Like if you look, I mean, I had noticed the writer's workshop and it looked rad, but um, they needed you to commit to like every Wednesday eight. night for like 13 weeks straight. You got wow. it was like a two or three hour class. I maybe three hours with Scott Snyder, and it was awesome. <laughs> but I was like, there's no way there's going to be like with my job before the world ended. I was like on tour a third of the year, and okay. we've got a show every night. And I was like, there's no way I'm not going to have a concert somewhere. 
Um, like, I don't see that working out for me. And I, so he reached out to me. I told him, I was like, I don't think it's going to work. And he was like, no, just do it. We'll, uh, we'll work around it. If you got to miss something, if you got to miss a day, it's not a big deal. Like they'll tape it. You can watch it later or something. Um, but so he kind of like vouched for me for that thing. And so, or at least, I don't, I don't know if he was, if he vouched me behind the scenes, but he, he encouraged me to put in for it. And so I did, I was like, I, love, I mean, I, you know, I had a man crush on Scott Snyder forever. I love his work. <laughs> his, um, his uh, American vampire was like, when I was getting back into comics, that was one of the first and coolest things I was reading. Mm -hmm. And then I, that kind of put me on his radar, put him on my radar. So I could, I noticed his Batman stuff right after that. And um, I just really admired his work. So yeah, it was a great opportunity and it worked out. And so then, um, they did, they ran, they ended up using the Aquaman story right after that writer's workshop. So it kind of looked like they had fast tracked me. Like this is like, Hey, the first guy out of the writer's workshop to get real work, he just did this Aquaman thing, but that was actually had been in the can for like a year. Interesting. Already. That's really neat. So yeah. like, so you, so you've mentioned twice that you, you're on tour, like you're in a band. Yeah. My, my, the same thing. Yeah. My day job is I play trumpet with the, with the army field band in DC. Really? Yeah, it's like a mill. I'm actually doing army. I've been in for like 15 years. That's and, awesome. Yeah, when I'm not doing comics, I'm playing trumpet with the army. And that's it's one of the premier bands in, in Washington, D.C. area. And we tour a lot. Like That's a lot. really cool. So like you play trumpet in the army band. Now, how did you end up playing trumpet in the army? Like, were you the bugle boy from Company B kind of vibe? Like, how, how did that well, happen? I played, I played that song a bajillion times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's literally my gig in the concert band is to do that kind of stuff. I mean, that's I do, awesome. I mean, it's a classical gig more or less, but I, whenever there's a jazz thing, like before, before this band, I was in the Glenn Miller band. For like, I fucking love Glenn oh. Miller. That's amazing. <laughs> yes, yeah, I love was, Glenn Miller. That was my gig before this one. And I, really? Um, yeah, so whenever there's a jazz thing to be done in the concert band, I'll do it. That's so cool. So awesome. you you joined the military to be in the band or you just happened to play trumpet, but then join the army? I joined the army to be in the army field band. Really? That's awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, super so I was, cool. Yeah. I got, I mean, I went to school, I got a master's degree in music. Holy shit. When I was, when I was done, <laughs> um, I was planning on just, um, that was in university of North Texas. It was down in, it was like this huge music school in Texas. And I was planning on, um, on freelancing in the Dallas area for a while because uh -huh. I'd made a lot of inroads there as a just a freelancer and when I was done with school I was just gonna freelance for a while um, but, so you know, what leads you from from be from joining the army band to play to play trumpet which is what you're and and having a master's of music to writing comics like how'd you get how did you get from that point to to that point um through my brother really I had a huh. I mean I'd always like I loved comics as a kid and like all the way through high school I was way into it and wanted to be an illustrator myself. Like I wanted, before I did music, I wanted to be a, an artist. Um, and I was, you know, I was good for, for a kid. I was never like amazing, like, you know, incredible, but I was like, for, for where I was, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm the best one in my class. Um, so, but then I, you know, I was just better at music. So I ended up doing that instead. But I got a younger brother who also did music and comics and he went the other way. He wanted to be a comic artist. And, um, but we were in the sticks in Kentucky and like basically no internet or any kind of, it was basically with, without any kind of knowledge of any kind, like, how do we even do this? Like how we didn't know shit about anything. And, and he was like, I want to draw comics. So I have no idea how I don't have the money or the, you know, really the grades to do art school. Like what's, what do I even do? And, uh, I'd already been in the army for a few years by then. I was like, dude, there's a, 
I mean, if you want, man, there's a job in the army called multimedia illustrator. Well, they'll, they'll train you in Photoshop and illustrator and InDesign and whatever else. Wow. Um, and you'll just like design stuff and draw for the army, literally sometimes take pictures, but mostly like just do graphic stuff. And, um, when it's over, you do your enlistment and they'll give you the GI bill and you can go to art school with that. And, um, that's what he ended up doing. So I was like, that's, that's awesome. And it was, he didn't have a, he didn't have a portfolio or anything. He just had, he had like pinups and stuff. He just yeah. had single images of like Wolverine looking cool or whatever, <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't really know what he was doing. And he didn't have, he didn't have any pages of sequentials and I didn't, I knew even less than him. So I was like, let's just figure it out together, man. Just like move in with me and you know, we'll get you in shape. We'll get you, you know, studied up for the ASVAB. We'll, we'll go to cons together. I'll, I'll figure out how to write scripts. Like I don't, I don't have any fucking idea how comics work at all. <laughs> well, I'll just I'll just figure it out. We both will, you know. And that's what happened. So he just moved six in. Six months later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the straight up. Like he was with me for six months. We went to a bunch of cons. I just got a library book that Andy Schmidt wrote about making comics. That was great. I love that book. <laughs> I always talk about that book. It's a great book. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. I I mean, there's a bunch of other books that really matter too. But I really, I stand by that one a lot. I mean, it's it's great. Andy's great too. Um. Yeah, and they just happened to have it like in my library. So I just grabbed it and sort of figured it out. And we did a couple of short stories together and he lost a ton of weight and, and joined the army. That's <laughs> awesome. Like six so, years in illustrators. Now he knows how to use all that shit. And that's cool as shit. So are you it's scad now. So are you and your oh, brother, wow. are you and your brother ever gonna do a book together? Like is that yeah. in the cards? That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's I mean, that's, that's amazing. That was the whole that was the whole point. Like it still is. Like that's I mean it's it's gone great for me outside of that, but the point is still to to make books with Bill. That's awesome. So like that's so amazing. So you're from Kentucky. Where in Kentucky are you from? Um, Spencer County. It's kind of like like here's Louisville. I know this is probably an audio thing, so no one's going to see this, but it's like Louisville, Lexington, like in between, and a little bit south. So that's like so, kind of like on seventy one, like south of seventy one, a little bit. South of seventy of sixty four. Six, okay, 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 okay. All right, because I live in Harry. Kind of, where are you at? Well, I'm in Cincinnati now. Oh yeah, okay. Like I, I've been here for eight years, so and I have friends. I have a friend that lives in um, Fort Bragg. Okay, North yeah. Carolina. Yeah, no, not North Carolina. Um, Fort Knox. Excuse me. Oh, Fort Knox. Yeah, he lives yeah, in Fort Knox. Louisville, kind of. Yeah, so he comes up and visits. Like, yeah, so yeah, but he's an army guy too. So that's I was just seeing where all that's awesome, man. So like, so you've got this really kind of kind of crazy story where like you wanted to be a musician you joined the army now you're writing fucking batman like this is a really kind of crazy whirlwind ride for you huh it's been crazy man i i mean it's been awesome i, I did not expect it to take off like this it really was just to do stuff with my brother and, and that's still what i want to do um but yeah in the meantime i get to do these kick-ass books and it's been really really fun and it's i mean even just doing Right now, I'm not doing any, well, that's not true, okay. I was about to say I'm not doing any creator owned. I am. I'm doing um, Kill a Man at, at Aftershock and okay. Last God. Last God is still technically creator owned. It's just a, it's a DC black label. Um, and Last right, God, I mean, you've got like a and d manual out of that, right? Yeah, yeah that's what I was going to say. That's, that's amazing. So you've dipped your toes in the role playing. Do you, know, do you play D&D? Not these days. No, well, no. Honestly, I never really did. I, 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 I always wanted to. <laughs> I mean, I was like, <laughs> I was like one of those kids like so like the stranger things kids i was like take yes. one, take one of those kids and stick them in the the farmland of like 
Iowa and then Kentucky by themselves. That was me. <laughs> I didn't have a, I didn't really have a crew growing up to do that stuff with. And, um, and now later in life, I don't really have the time. And I, I, I enjoy the video games, like stuff like Dark Souls and those kind of things like, in, you know, God of War or God of War is not really the same, but like something like Dark Souls where you're basically, you know, doing it, but it's just like, it's just you. It's like, yeah. not the whole, like it doesn't have the team element that, you know, makes D&D what it is. And the pizza. <laughs> right. Yeah. Missing out on the snacks and the actual yeah. dice. Yeah. It's not like I don't really know the culture like I wish I did, you know. And I even now I know I could now. Like I I've got I've met friends through the comic scene that would do it with me. Like I'm telling time. you, one one day, man, you got we, we all got to get up for a D and D game. That's what we got to do. Love to everybody have, has just time. Like, I'd be embarrassed to like be the new guy. That's no, just, oh, whatever, dude. It doesn't work, work like that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it no. doesn't work like that. I do know, I mean, I know a fair bit about it and I, I, cause I've always been interested in it and I, I loved reading the fantasy the book, like Dragonlance and shit like that. Yeah, I, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I grew up on the, on the Dragonlance books big time. I love the Margaret Weiss, Tracy Hickman ones. When they started getting into the spinoffs or by other art, uh, other writers, not that the originals were like Tolkien or anything, but I loved them at the time. And um, I just never, I don't know, it's between that and Terry Brooks, Shannara stuff and, and, mm -hmm. uh, C.S. Lewis and Tolkien, the big ones. I, you know, I, I read a lot of, of fantasy growing up, and I, I love that that whole scene. And I would have loved. I bought like a Dragonlance set, like the Dragon like a Dragonlance D and D set. Okay. That oh, wow. I could have. That I could have totally. This is back when it was like Advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Like that's yeah. That's that's when we were. That's when we were like probably when I first started playing. Really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah I I thought <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed because again this is before like. Inter internet was not a thing mm -hmm. at least not. Um, it's so, so weird to preface the conversation with that because like being of a certain age you're like hey, look we didn't have this fucking internet thing like, <laughs> it wasn't a thing yeah i mean i know there are people that did but i was in like in the in the country like perpetually a country mouse growing up and <laughs> never had a computer really and uh, i didn't really know anything and i bought this set that i thought i would be able to use to play like alone like with these uh, like stories and things, and that didn't wasn't really that kind of thing. So I opened it up, and it's, there's I had everything I needed to make up my own stories and campaigns, but there wasn't really there weren't any campaigns in there, and that's okay. not what I expected. I was like, well, shit, where's everything? And I thought <laughs> it was, and uh, I mean, I knew I wouldn't have a crew, but I thought that there would be adventures in there, and there weren't really. So instead, I just kind of made up my own and. I mean, you can't DM your own game. You know? Yes, you can. It's called writing a novel. Like you well, yeah, essentially I mean, wrote a book. I guess, you know? I guess that's exactly what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, back then, I was like, so even then, I didn't really, I wasn't really playing <laughs> the way it's typically done. But um, but I used it as like a storytelling vehicle, you know. So I would, awesome. it and I would kind of instead of making adventures and playing through them because it's just me, I would basically make up. I would just world build. I just yeah. make up new characters and adventures, and it was it was still fun. Um, but you know, I do wish I had the real experience growing up. Well, it seems like you've built your world with Last God. Tell us about that yeah. book. I want to hear about that. Yeah, man. So that so my my editor Amadeo, who um, he was the guy I was interacting with the most on Aquaman. Later on, moved to Vertigo, and he reached out to me and was like, "Hey, man, would you want to do a?" The the exact quote was would you want to do a horror book set in a world where there's like wizards and shit? <laughs> <laughs> I 
And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, I think it's, like, can we do that? And I was like, yeah, do it. So I found out that when he's not doing comics, his passion is D&D. Like he loves tabletop gaming, D&D especially. Um, so that was the pitch. And so I, I took that and ran with it and kind of conceived of this story, like a, basically what if the fellowship of Lord of the Rings had failed and okay. like the whole world. So we see the, Fellowship of the Lord of the Rings, but then we see them a generation later. Now they're all the rulers of their of their factions and all that, but it was all a big lie, and they they had failed, and Sauron's still still out there, and now another generation has to kind of redeem their sins. Interesting. That is basically, the story, the, the kind of like the the uh, the subtext of the whole thing is that the whole thing is about the lies we tell our kids. Like that, our children all think we're think we're awesome like their their dads were heroes and and i i want that i want my my son to think i'm awesome but i'm not i'm just a guy and yeah. I, I do my best to be what he thinks i am and i take it very seriously i take my my you know responsibilities as a dad very seriously i want him to look up to me and i want to be the real deal but i know that through my own you know as a son i know that he's got that i'm going to let him down in some way and he'll grow up and try to be be better than me and be more than me and like I want to be, I want to be better, a better dad than my dad. I had a very complicated relationship with my own dad. And I, um, you know, it was not great, frankly. And I really wanted to be a good dad myself. And it's super, like my relationship with him is like the biggest of deals to me. That's awesome. Um, I, just want, I just want to be the best dad I can. And I'm, I'm very mindful of the ways I felt failed. And I want to be the best dad I can now. And I know that I'll, I'll let him down somehow. And, um, it's kind of about that whole cycle. It's just about the the nature, like the dangers of hero worship and um, the son's need to be more than the father and all that. So how that's where issues, the whole thing kind of came from. How many issues are you into that now? It's a 12-issue series, and they're okay. all done. Like oh, nice. The, let's see. The Tales of Lost Children just came out. That's like a spinoff that came out in between issues 9 and 10. That just hit. And so number 10 will come out in November. And then uh, – 11 in December and then the whole thing wraps up in January. That's awesome. Oh, wow. That's now, great. now you were talking about being a, a father. How old is your son? Six. Oh, that's awesome. That's a fun age. That's cool. Man. Yeah. He's, he's the best man. Super fun. That's awesome. My son is actually, I have a daughter who's 10 who's upstairs and then I have a son who turns eight tomorrow. Nice man. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thanks man. It's cool. I've, I've been a stay at home dad for fuck almost eight years um because we moved here from virginia beach to cincinnati my wife got a job first because we were both kind of not gainfully employed at the time so it was basically like hey whoever gets an opportunity first we'll just do it so she got the gig first so i raised i was a stay-at-home parent for a long time it was a nice cool man, job that's awesome yeah i'm a much better parent than i am an employee that's what i always tell oh, my kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, i was a terrible employee i'm a pretty good parent though that's awesome man. So, so you, have a, you have a six-year-old kid now is your kid in the comics is, is does he read any of this stuff yet yes dude he is so yeah. into it i mean he um, you know, a lot of comics are kind of, kind of wordy and not, not ideal for that age. Mm-hmm. Um, like all the stuff that I grew up with, I mean, it's like, he doesn't like it, but it's, it's just kind of overwritten. Like my stuff was so old. It was old even when I got it. Like dad would come home with these boxes, ripped up comics from wherever, like from uh, garage sales that he bought for a buck or whatever. And so it's, well, even then, so I'm reading like these really old books even then. And, um, they're not like ideal when you're, when you're just barely reading. Yeah. Right. Um, 
So like the old, like a lot of old Batman, Superman stuff, some Legion, some um, on the Marvel side, it was like Spider-Man team ups. And then there was a huge stack of um, like the, the forerunners to DuckTales, like Scrooge McDuck, Beetle mm-hmm. Boys, Huey Dewey <laughs> Louie and all that stuff. Um, and some of those are like just tons and tons of stuff. It's just not great. So I, I mostly give him <laughs> newer things um, that are more, that are written more with little kids in mind. Okay. Um, DC has been really great about putting out um, like kid minded books, like graphic novels that, that look in the style of the old Bruce Tim, Paul Dini stuff of Batman, like those kind of, that, those, that look um, of, of a book. Um, like a, a thing that's maybe the size of a four issue trade, but it's like it's, it's chopped up into all these little like short stories, and it's mm-hmm. like ideal for his age. Um, like the also be like there's a super like the super family adventures that kind of thing. Tiny like, Titans, baby. Tiny Titans. Tiny exactly. Titans is where it's at, dude. Franco and uh, Art and, and our bounces are in Franco. Those guys yeah, are the best. Exactly, dude. I've got a bunch yeah. of that stuff. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah, so those are ideal, and he he does read my legit comics too, not the ones I I write. <laughs> Pretty psycho generally, um, but uh, yeah, the stuff that he's allowed to read, he loves, and he's he's way into like the Lego toys and the um, the Imagine X stuff that DC's putting out. Man, DC is like not fucking around with their their Imagine X stuff. Like That's they've cool. got all these these little like three inch figures. Like is that right? Yeah, about three, yeah, about three yeah. Inch and um they've got like all these costume like obscure c-list characters and like, yeah martian manhunter is one of them which i thought was great like, because yeah like red tornado or like whatever yeah. like, anything you can imagine they've got it and they've got all these costumes that look right out of the movies or the cartoons or like these obscure runs of the comics even like you you can get you can find uh like earth 2 batman like whichever one it is it words batman's dad yes like he's got the red eyes yeah yeah and the red circle under his thing and all that like it's they've got all these different costumes where ain't the random kid would be like whatever it's batman but like as a as a a reader i can be like holy crap that's like that's the red hood or that's hold on son excuse me that's not batman (laughs) (laughs) like the the new like the fulo um design with like the the yellow outline around the bat logo versus the other one versus the one from the 89 film versus you know they've got all that shit that's cool so it's it's really fun i think it's great the way they're trying to attract young readers because i were like i just last year because my kids are home now so i took time off from my job at the kids school but like kids read fucking comics they just don't consume them the way we did growing up every kid walks around with a graphic novel in their hands and like oh you say like oh you read comics no i read graphic novels and they're like oh sorry genius <laughs> but i mean like but kids are really consuming this media and it's really nice to see that it's it's just being kind of like i say it's just being kind of devoured in a different way not in the you know brick and mortar single issues kind of vibe but like they just want to read which is unbelievable and i think it's cool yeah. that dc is doing things for that audience we had morgan beam on recently who did um the Swamp Thing. The Swamp Thing book. And she's the Twin fantastic. Branches. Twin yeah. Branches. Yeah. She's right. fantastic. I with her. Yeah, Morgan's <clears throat> awesome. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. Uh, I did a Play of the Apes thing with her, and um, she. I, I wrote a fairy tale thing that I wanted her to draw. She's so talented, dude. Ever ago. Yeah, yeah. she's awesome. I love yeah. her. Style. She's great. Her and, and Jorge are both great. Yeah, I totally. Love. That dude, too. 
Yeah, that's awesome, dude. So it's like, so you're just chugging along. So like now, how much longer are you going to have this day job? And when are you just going to do comics full time? Like when is that the eventual goal? Or are you kind of happy doing things this way? Um, it's getting hard. <laughs> it's getting <laughs> it's me pretty busy. But um, uh, but I've been in like 15 years, man. Like once I get to 20, I'm going to probably bounce uh, from, from the army. That's and, cool. Uh, I would feel pretty foolish getting out before 20 at this point. Yeah, um, you're so close to retirement, baby. <laughs> yeah, super close. And um, yeah, I'd be, I'd be giving up, you know, a check for the rest of my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. medical insurance, all that. Would, my dad was in the Navy for 20 years. I know what's up, you know. Yeah, it, it, would, it would take like Harry Potter money <laughs> for me to <laughs> just be stupid. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make it work. I mean, I'm, I'm mad busy. Like that's to do the day job and write like four books at once is insane. But and then how dad. Is, how and then is dad. writing? Yeah. yeah, how is writing four books at once? Like, um, I mean, how do you keep track of all the conversations in your head? Um, you just kind of decide which one you're going to do for the next few days. Like I use, I'm, I'm turning in roughly a script a week. Wow. And, um, you know, that's, that's a new script every week while also revising your other stuff. And I, lately there's not been a whole lot of notes on the stuff I've been turning in. Just been fucking crushing it, dude. <laughs> well, it's not what I mean. I mean, just it, <laughs> in, uh, PKJ like son, PKJ crushing it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know the fuck I am? <laughs> uh, it's not, that is not what I meant. <laughs> no, no, wait, we knew that. It's just funny. Though. That's all we just meant. When, um, when it gets to be like the monthly books, I get the impression, it seems like I, it's just how it works. Like on, on, on creator owned, when it's, it's just a mini series or something, I always got more notes on that stuff than I get on like a monthly book. I don't know if it's just because I've gotten, gotten better at it or if it's just that they're crushed under their own deadline. They don't have time to mess around with you. I mean, seriously, I feel like yeah. that's what it is. Like, oh. they're just, I, I, honestly, I'm looking for notes, and they're like, "This is great, just run it." And like they, nothing. Like, really, nothing. <laughs> Here's the notes I have for myself. I mean, often I'll actually write my own notes for myself at the end. Like, okay, now this is due tomorrow, so I don't have time to fix all this shit. But here's the stuff that I'm seeing in this myself. So I'll be like, "Here's the script," and I'll, then I'll write like a little red note to myself. I don't really like this part. Here's why. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna address this myself in the revision just to let them know I'm not done with it. You know, if I, if I feel like, you know, I will, you know, turn it in on time with the caveat of like, you know, upon my final reading of this, I think that this is a thing that needs to get addressed at least briefly. So I'll, I'll make notes to myself so they don't just think, because I don't want just want the rubber stamp a okay. Yeah. Move on. I want to, I want to, I want to crush it. You know, I really, that's awesome. awesome. So I make notes to myself and make sure I, Gets, I run stuff by the artist too and see what they think of it and, you know, try to make sure we're putting out good books and not just, not just, you know, cranking out, you know, trash. Hey, if your name's on it, dude, that's your reputation right there. And, and that's what's going to get you your next gig and your next gig and your next gig. So that's awesome, man. Yeah, I take it really seriously, man. When I was a kid, I really did not have a whole lot of like male role models. And I, I, I look up to Batman and Superman like, yeah, that's like, I was so inspired by those characters and they, they were like, my you know, those are what I wanted to be. You know, like I was just so, those stories were so important to me, man. And I know there's kids out there now and not just kids, but like, I, I know there's people that really care about those stories and um, it, it matters to me, man. Like I really don't want to, I don't want to get in the, to the point where I me, mean, especially now that I'm writing like four books at once or more, sometimes I, I am very mindful of not just letting it turn into a, 
a factory type gig where I just got got to put it out and get to the next thing. I really want it to be good because um, awesome. I know it, it matters to people, man, more, more so than other kinds of stuff in some cases. That's um, great, dude. Well, I thought that's not just how you approach the, the, the uh, superhero work you're doing or the um, monthly books you're doing, but that's also how you approach your creator on work, which you're no stranger to that either. Like you have like low road West and um, last sons of America. Um, warlords of appalachia like you have a bunch of creator and stuff too and i feel like i've read more of your creator own stuff than the other stuff and i feel like you, you've taken a great deal of care with that stuff too thanks so, man i try to there's a lot of me yeah. in those books for sure like in yeah. i mean most of my stories are about america in some way or about my son in some way i mean that's kind mm -hmm. of the big theme it's like a lot of father son stuff and um and a lot of stuff about America and not, in a, not from a nationalist, like, yeah, we're always right. Kind of sense more like, <laughs> it's more like, here's what we should be. Yeah. Or like, here's, here's where we're failing. Here's, here's where we need to do better. Here's why, here's what we're supposed to be to the world. And man, there's no better vehicle than that than Superman for me. Right. I, yeah. Getting the right Superman right now kind of hits both those beats for me. It's, it's a way to talk about what America is supposed to be, who we're supposed to be as a nation to the world. Mm -hmm. Like, my stories that are coming up are about what Superman means to not just earth, but to the universe. Like he's, I really believe in the truth, justice, American way thing and that he should represent that, but not, not that we, not in a way that where he is a nationalist Superman, like we, you know, red sun is great and all, but we don't need that. We don't need like a, you know, um, Oh, America's always right. Superman. Yeah. 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 We're good. Or it should be more like the other way, like yeah. where, where we should be proud of our association with Superman and act accordingly. Like, I feel like we're, we should try to be to the world what Superman is to the universe, you know? Right. If that makes any sense. So we're, we're going to yeah, see totally. out of my story. We're going to see what he means to, to other, other worlds as well. Um, and see, that's cool though, because I appreciate the way your approach is to Superman because I feel like when you talk to creatives about Superman, it's very much like, what are you going to do with him? He's just a big dumb boy scout. Like how can you write stories about a guy like that? But it's interesting to me that you're looking at it from the other side of it, where it's like, this is what the stories are about. This is who he is. So it's cool that you're embracing that as opposed to kind of pushing it away. If that makes sense. Yeah. He's, he's what we're all supposed to be, man. Like he's, I get the Boy Scout thing and her like, man, it's boring. It's not, dude. It's 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 what we need right now. We we're in a world where there's like literal fucking Nazis. <laughs> okay. Yeah, like, no, totally. You know, yeah. We need we need something like Superman to remind us who we're supposed to be, man. We need we need inspiration and that's what he is. That's what he like I I'm trying to capture those moments that I like when I was a kid watching the Christopher Reeve movie mm -hmm. and even before the movie really started and the credits are like you know, if you remember the, the credits for that 3D thing where it like, mm -hmm. they, they were like whoosh overhead. Yeah. And, and you're hearing John Williams music, you know, just crashing down on you and the, and the credits are going overhead and the, and then the S shows up and the music is going and it's just like, you just get those, those chills. Like, yes, the world is awesome. And I want to be, <laughs> I want to be what he is, you know? Yeah. Like, like Batman inspires you because you're like, yeah, I can do anything. I don't need superpowers to be fucking awesome. Like I, I can just shoot through sheer force of will. I can do whatever. Like I can do anything I set my mind to because I'm awesome. And Superman is like, I want to be more than I am. I want to be, I want to be great. I want to be a great person. I want to, I want to save people. I want to be 
so much more than I am. And that's what yeah. Superman is. That's and awesome. I felt that watching those movies and I felt it uh, at key moments of like kingdom come when you, you know, you see Superman, he's kind of like an exile and you see him show up and save the day again after all those years away. And you're just like, fuck yeah, man. <laughs> like, I just want to, I want to feel that. I want the reader to like get those chills when they read Superman. We're like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be. Now as a father um, and you say like your the relationship with your son is so important. Were you into the, Super Sons thing that they were doing for a while with him oh and God, Super- yes. dude. Yeah. I like before. I loved it. Yeah. I can't tell you who wrote it. I know Patrick Gleason did a lot of the artwork. Tomasi. It was, yeah. was it Tomasi? Tomasi, dude. That book was so fucking good. And then I feel like Bendis came in, and it's like, eh. But like the, and I know you can't comment either way, probably about one or the other. But that that Super Sons fucking that thing was amazing. Yeah, it was super cool. And I, regarding this, the Bendis thing, I, I really did like what Pete was doing on Pete. We're good friends now. I don't really know. Pete <laughs> um, but he, but, I was uh, telling Kevin this earlier, like Tomasi is one of those writers that he's valuing of DC. He That's is what I call solid. Him. Like he's not going to give you like a plus stuff, but he's B plus every issue. Like everything he does is just B plus. Like pre, pre- immortal Hulk. It's not great. It's not terrible. It's just like that's a solid issue of comics. Like yeah, everything he, he does is that way. His his Marvel parallel universe counterpart is Al Ewing pre Immortal yeah. Hulk. You like I'm just, serious because Al Ewing just, stuff was all super great. Like when you read it, it like all makes sense. Like his uh, stories are like tight, tight. They're, they're, it's real. Like, yeah. They're, that like they're like sometimes one and done sometimes they continue but like it's never too much it's never too little he gives you the right dialogue at the right time like everything in, in there like it is like this is what a comic used to look like when i was a kid so this is like perfect so then right. when you read tomasi stuff it's like he's the dc counterpart to al you dude his his superman stuff was fucking fantastic yeah it was good man he did a really great job i really love the stuff with his son and like they um who wrote the actual, like the Lois and Clark book that they did? Um, it was Jurgens, right? Yes, Dan, Dan Jurgens. Yeah, I think so. Uh, he wrote that original thing where he, you know, Superman somehow, you know, escaped the the final crisis, whatever it was, and he and Lois, like, it's like somehow survived all that, and then they ended up having their son in like this pocket universe or something. I, I can't remember how it all shook out, but then the Lo- Lois and Clark thing is like later on and we see him on the earth that came out of all, you know, the earth that we're in now, like new 52 earth, basically um, kind of like in hiding where they had their, their son, they raised their son here. Yeah. And, they- and that was all really cool. I, I loved that take and I loved what, what Tomasi did with it. And I really loved him at that age. And I was, it was great to see him and Robin, night playing off each other and like that yeah. like that that really epic cover of superman and batman like doing the stare down and robin and and the kids doing the same one yeah that was a great yeah that was yeah. a great run of superman books man i was really impressed with it yeah that was fun and i totally respect what bendis has done too it's just so different like i really i've been reading legion and i get like i'm getting the like the advanced copies that aren't out yet and it's really cool what he's doing with that and uh and jonathan fits in really great with that so i I will definitely miss seeing John as like an eight-year-old or whatever he was yeah. supposed to be, eight or ten. Um, he was so cool at that age, and it was so fun to see him kind of figuring out his new powers and and to see Superman as a dad to a kid that age was even cooler. Yeah. Like to see him being grateful for his family and having them all together, like being part of that nuclear family and just 
it was just awesome. It was, it was great. Cool. It was, and I mean, I love Brian Michael Bendis is one of the reasons why I got back into comics. Like I was telling Kevin a couple days ago, like mm-hmm. his ultimate Spider-Man run with Bagley was fantastic. But I was so into that Spider that that Superman story as a father. That was one of the first times I can remember being hooked really hard by yeah. a Superman story. And when it ended, I was just like, oh God, it was. Like the potential was there to just keep that thing going. And I was bummed, man. I was, I was genuinely bummed. I totally get that. Um, it's going to be, you're going to be seeing more of John in the future. I and hope so. Not at that, and not at that little kid age to my knowledge, but, um, but I'm going to be, you know, whenever I get a chance, I'm going to try to, you know, to show, <laughs> yeah, show like flashbacks, like whatever. I just, it was such great stuff. Uh, when he was that age, I'm going to try to do more with that. What I want to really, what I really want to do um, is, you know, I didn't have a chance to in these future state issues, but it'll be really fun to see John hanging out with um, like grown up John, basically. Cause now Jonathan's like fucking like 18 or whatever. He's like yeah. pretty much an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be fun to see him interact, like hanging out and, and fighting crime or just hanging out with, with Robin, who is still young. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and just being pals again, even though they're not really the same age anymore. It would be fun to see that same dynamic. You know, they, they look completely different. Um, so that's what I would like to see from, you know, whoever's doing it next. Hey, you can make it happen, dude. Make that pitch happen, baby. You get that done. PKJ, he's on the, the job, baby. He's gonna knock he's, it out. He's gonna get the super sun. Yeah, come on, baby. Let me do. You, right. you want me to be your agent? I'll, I'll, I'll talk you up. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I would honestly like. I would love to find a way to do that again because I, I awesome. love that book. I know a ton of people were excited about that book and were so excited. good. But John, I will say, Jonathan's doing cool shit in Legion. So yeah, I'm sure. Get why my Bendis did it. Oh no, totally. I get it too. But it was just I was hooked, and like I said, I can't remember being hooked on a Superman book for a really long time. And mm-hmm. I was just like, this is so fucking. Because again, it speaks to me as a father. That's what I've always said is wrong with Spider Man and Marvel. Give him a kid. Like let Spider Man mm-hmm. grow up. Like let him be a person. Because that was so when I was a kid. Spider Man was my dude, and like it was. I want to see him grow up as I'm growing up, but he's like in this perpetual 22 year old version of himself. And it's yeah, like, they kind of like, they pull him forward and back a little bit. Yeah. And like, mm-hmm. They let him like, now he's grown up and he's got his own company and all that. And then he kind of took it away. And now he's like poor again. And like these, they're never going to let him get all the way grown up. Yeah. Like. Let him grow up, man. Let's, let's see Spider-Man at like 35 with a wife and a kid. That would be interesting to me. But yeah, what? well, I mean, it, you do see some of that vibe in my, like I wrote him in um, Marvel Zombies Resurrection, mm-hmm. and in that story, you see him kind of like trying to keep. This is like it's kind of like the road. It's like it's dark, but it's but it's also like fun in yeah. a way that the road is very much not. Yeah, the road <laughs> is the road is very not fun. Like it was yeah, very it, not fun. Like here's fun. Here's the road. Like they couldn't be any they further away from each other. <clears throat> the vibe, like that's where it starts. Like it starts in like a, a road type setting. It's like five years after the infection and everything, and you see what the world has become. And this is years after Spider-Man has kind of taken this, has made this promise to protect the Richards kids. And then in that in that prelude where you see you see like the you know the Marvel Universe's entire A team go up and try to do this thing, and it all falls apart. So now like years later, you've got Spider-Man still trying to keep the Richards kids alive. And so you do kind of see him as a dad. And I, cause I, I felt the same way. It would be fun to see Spider-Man in a different setting where he's not, 
just swinging around New York making jokes, he's like in a darker scene than we've ever really seen him. I shouldn't say never, because I mean, he's been in a bajillion stories, but um, it's a dark setting for someone like Spider-Man. It's supposed yeah. to be like, you know. Happy-go-lucky, yeah. Now, how did you feel working in that kind of environment? Because the Marvel zombies thing was smoking hot, which seemed like, you know, forever ago, and then you're trying to bring it back to kind of, not so much relevance, but try to push it back into people's faces. Did you get a lot of like, were people excited about your Marvel zombie story? Yeah, I mean, it it was received very well, actually. That's awesome. I, um, it didn't get as much attention as I would have hoped because they, the way the rollout happened was uh, kind of weird. They So we did the, we did the, right when Kirkman announced that Walking Dead was ending, Mm-hmm. kind of like surprised people with that he was like ta-da it's over this is the last <laughs> they didn't even put it in solicits it was just I know. like issue 100 and whatever and they just like then he was like well there's no more and when they realized that there were no more coming it was a sudden <laughs> sudden news flash and right then is when marvel were like let's put out marvel zombies uh like a reboot of marvel zombies because that story was you know done basically plus i didn't yeah. want to do more of that like it was all just like campy and fun and just like a zombie romp and not really like no emotional stakes it was just like you know hulk would eat some other asshole and then he'd he'd be like oh look it's popping out of my ribs this is so weird because i'm dead now and spider-man's like it's just like they're making jokes and i don't know it was was way too campy yeah 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 Yeah, i agree it's kind of not my thing and i so when they were like, we want to do more zombies. And I was like, I would love to. Can we do it way different? Because here's, here's what I would like to do with it. And um, I wanted to take a, a much more serious tack with it. And they totally were on board with it. So we, um, we did a version that was basically like, uh, you know, the Marvel Universe is the road where you, kinda, you do a time jump. And you see like this little, after a prelude where you see the whole thing happen. You see how it begins. Um, then we would do a mini series where we see the earth years later, like after we've basically lost. And like, mm. How do we how do we come back from that? Um, so we put out the prelude issue for like Halloween, and then we were supposed to put out the the mini series because um, they wanted to put out the mini series weekly. So oh, wow, we, that's crazy. Yeah, so they we had to get it, and I mean. When they called me about Marvel Zombies, they were like, we need scripts for like two weeks for your, from your first one. Um, we, they wanted to start like right then. It was like, go, go, go. Yeah. And even if I did that, I mean, I did. And then they wanted, <laughs> if I turned in all the other scripts, like went after the next, Leonard, the artist, would still have to draw it all. I mean, that takes time. Yeah, so, no, totally. So they were like, we're going to put out the first issue and the double-sized issue in Halloween, and then we'll put out the, the four-issue mini which is basically five issues because the first one of those is double size too. We'll put that out uh, weekly in April and then COVID hit and that pushed it way back. I mean, not just because of them trimming down their line, but also because the first page of the miniseries number one was New York City in terror. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, so it's a little too close to home at that point. Yeah. That yeah. was like, that was right when things in New York yeah, were yeah, yeah. Super bad. So they, um, they were like, we're going to put this in the back burner for a while. And then they finally released it basically a year after the prelude hit. So wow, that's, that's crazy. That's a long time to wait. Plus they kind of, the way they did the numbering was weird. Like they, they called that prelude issue Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one. And then when the miniseries came out, it was also Marvel Zombies Resurrection number one. And everyone's like, what the fuck is this? I already have it. <laughs> so it was, I don't know, it wasn't ideal. Like as far as the, the marketing and the timing because of COVID and all that, it was not uh, the best thing. But 
the book itself turned out really good. It I'm sounds really, awesome. I'm extremely proud of it. The, for the last issue, issue number four, comes out next week. Okay. Um, this just took forever to get it out because of everything, but um, but I'm very proud of it. It turns out, I'm, I mean, you see Spider-Man in a way you've never seen him before. You also see the Richards kids. There's several new characters that we made up for the story. Uh, every issue kind of, show, kind of shows a different corner of the Marvel zombie of the Marvel universe. It's like, well, what if you you know, as you read, you should be asking yourself questions like, what about what happened to the X-Men? What happened to the Avengers? What happened with uh, Shield and AIM? And what happened with uh, like the Phalanx? Like in the you know the original, there was a thing with you know, some of the robots. You'd see like Machine Man and that kind yeah, of thing. yeah 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 yeah. Uh, that that also kind of shows up in this and where the hulks and all this like you get to see uh, like new corners of the world in every issue and there's real emotional stakes like people that you care about in the book die and you, you have these real losses that you feel i mean you feel them and the winds you feel those even more you know i like guess it makes it makes everything matter um in a way that i'm very proud of so That's i'm awesome. very proud of that book i never thought i'd be so proud of like it's a zombie book because it's, it's not just <laughs> really it feels more like a Cormac McCarthy take on it, but with visuals and story beats that happen that keep it from being that dark. You know, it's awesome. definitely a dark setting, but um, there's enough levity in it that it actually makes you feel like really invested in like having a good time, even though it's, it's you know, dark stuff happening. Man, your pitch for that's really good because the, the road really traumatized me as a parent. So like, uh, oh I, <laughs> I was like, there's no way I could ever do that. Like, there's no way. Like, I don't care what's going on. It, it couldn't, couldn't happen. It's funny because I, I just mentioned the road on Twitter. Because you know how you see those dumb things on Twitter, like something you can only do once or name a book you can only read once. And it was a film you can only watch one time. And my answer was The Road. Like, that's it. I saw it once and I'm like, I'm good. I don't need to watch that again. And that shit was depressing and awful. And But it was, I, but I couldn't turn away from it. Like, it was so good. Yeah, I loved I mean, it. The yeah. Book is, the book is that for me. I read that book. Yeah. I probably read that book more times than I should have. <laughs> I read that book. I've read that book a few times too. Yeah, and, uh, the pro, and the prose is so beautifully written in it too. Like I, yeah, yeah that's it, the thing. Like it's, it's so not, stylized. Yeah, it's not because the world is a good time. It's because yeah. like the, the, the language is just such. I mean, it's just a masterclass every page. You know, yeah. like it's, and it's the the way that he doesn't use any punctuation or anything. It's it makes the whole thing just so so like stark and no bullshit. Like like yeah, no, to, yeah. Like Hemingway to the nth degree, where it's just like, and I mean, I I kind of like the idea. There are there are times when like Tom King writes Batman kind of that way, where he's his his writing. Well, I'm not like that's not true. Not like Cormac McCarthy, but just very no bullshit, like no commas, just very like here's a statement and now it's over. Kind of like almost like blocky ways that he yeah. would write Batman's the dialogue sometimes. Um, there are certain kinds of characters that I. I prepare their dialogue by reading Cormac McCarthy. Uh, not just that book, but like others I, that I admire. Blood Meridian. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, okay. I, I, love, I love that book. I mean, it's because it's so beautiful, but it's also not frilly. I mean, there's no. he, his choices of words sometimes are like, you know, not frivolous, but like beautiful. But there's, um, he doesn't get... Um, doesn't go up his own ass with it i guess yeah it's not fancy but it's it's the way that he knows the eloquence of the language to weave it into a sentence that is not fancy yet no bullshit so it's like it's like a no frill sentence but it still reads beautifully yeah yeah amazing he's efficient he's efficient with his words and some of that stuff yeah i feel this 
I feel the same way about like Elmore Leonard. Like, I don't know if you've ever read a lot of Elmore Leonard. I've read, I've read a like, lot of Elmore Leonard. I love Elmore Leonard because it's just like, here it is. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I, and I don't know if you've ever seen like his rules on writing, but like you never throw in, he said adverbally, like, no, there's, it's just Steve said, and that's it. You just leave it yeah. all in the dialogue. Like I love Leonard in that sense. You can yeah. read an Elmore Leonard book in a sitting and just fucking burn right through it. And it's yeah, so it's, well it's, done. It's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> I love how he, he says he, like the stuff that people skip, I don't write those. Parts. I love you. Yeah, that's my favorite part. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And honestly, I totally relate to that. Like even even reading somebody that I love, like like Tolkien, I skip over a ton of that shit because it's have like to. we're talking about um, just just landscape. Eventually, you're like, bro, like this is a lot. <laughs> or, or the Silmarillion <laughs> and and uh, and Baron begat <laughs> Elmore, who begat this person. And I was like, yeah, when yeah. I was reading the Silmarillion. I was like, you gotta be kidding me. Like yeah, this dude, is yeah. a lot. That's why I actually it's great, dude. Yeah, Elmer Leonard is, is really awesome. And I mean, he and he doesn't have a genre. He writes crime novels. He writes westerns. He writes like weird, like like law fiction. Like it's he's all over the place. Like I he's know. so wonderful to read. Yeah, his his dialogue is just amazing. It pops. Like yeah, it's really wonderful. That's cool, man. That's awesome. Well, I mean, we've had you. We've kept you for about an hour, and you're not feeling well, so let's let you get out of here, Philip Kennedy Johnson. And we'll have you back right. again when, when yeah, you're dude. able to make that announcement because you're yeah, dude. Yeah, so there's, there's two two big ones coming up. So well, listen, you're teasing, you son of a gun. I know. <laughs> uh, another um, one, probably. I mean, it should be anytime. It should have been before now. So hopefully next week or two there'll be one, and then another big one in about a month and change. Just so, big in that big we'll, we'll just wait a month. We'll wait one month, and he can talk about both of them, yeah, in detail. So there we go. Do that. I dig it. EKJ two baby, it's coming. Philip, thank you so much for coming on, and congratulations on all your success. And it's it's really awesome to hear someone so like just fired up about like comics. Like you are like when you when you're saying these things, you can't see it because it's it's an audio podcast, but like you're believing what you're selling, man. And I, I think it's wonderful. Like it comes from a very sincere place. And that's really great, dude. Oh, so, thank you, man. You guys too. I love you guys' work. I'm always happy to, you know, support anything you guys do. So I mean it's really cool to talk with other creators and yeah, just talk about talk about comics. This is super cool. Let's do it again. All right. Philip Kennedy Johnson, everybody. All right guys. You're listening to the Word Bros Podcast, thewordbros.com.